2018, Sunday, July 1st, 2018. And we are live uh, tonight. Uh, we have a jam-packed show for you, a lot to talk about. Uh, we also have uh, some guests tonight uh, as well. We're going to be joined by Queen Thais of the uh, Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. Uh, we'll be joined uh, in the second hour by Queen Thais. And then uh, also we're going to be joined by uh, Dr. Ola, Dr. Ola of uh, Uwaco, the uh, United African Community Organization. Uh, the 18th Annual African Unity Festival uh, is coming up uh, as well, uh, coming up on July 4th. And we're going to uh, talk about that some also. And I'll be there, of course, uh, as well. All right. Okay, so on the uh, and uh, so tonight's show we'll deal with uh, Maxine Waters getting death threats. I know you've heard uh, a lot about that, and some people saw uh, the, the Facebook Live broadcast I did uh, dealing with uh, Maxine Waters getting death threats. Um, and then also we'll deal with um, uh, homeschooling African American children, the, uh, the Liberated Minds, uh, Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Education Expo. Uh, we'll talk about um, uh, how also how the trauma of police shootings, how the trauma from police shootings, 911 calls and slavery negatively impacts the mental health of African-Americans. There was an article from um, uh, the grill dot com uh, dealing with that. And uh, there was an article from uh, also the Atlantic dot com. And they talked about that uh, this morning on Politics Nation with Reverend Al Sharpton, Politics Nation, okay? So we'll deal with that as well, okay? Uh, and then also last weekend, um, I talked a little bit, last Sunday I talked a little bit about uh, Juneteenth, okay? A little bit about Juneteenth. Did not get a chance to uh, deal with it as much as I wanted to. And we know that um, this Wednesday is the 4th of July, or as uh, Dr. Ishaka Musa Barashango called it, the 4th of July, okay, the 4th of July. Because they lied. That wasn't, uh, we weren't free. Uh, uh, many African Americans were enslaved. So uh, we'll talk some about the history of uh, Juneteenth, okay, which commemorated uh, June 19th, uh, 1865, when Major General Gordon Granger um, went into Galveston, Texas, okay, uh, and uh, delivered General Order Number Three, General, General Order Number Three, letting enslaved Africans there in Galveston, Texas, know that they were free. Now, this was um, this was two weeks after the Civil War ended. Also, all right. So we'll talk about uh, that as well, okay? And uh, we'll contrast that with uh, the Fourth of July, all right? So on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world, because right now it's correct wrong behavior. Uh, what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself, okay? So we control the radius of a man's thoughts. You can control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here in the show. We deal with current events and history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. 
to sign up for our email newsletter. Also go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, all right? And uh, we're broadcasting uh, on Facebook Live on 910 AM Superstation uh, on Facebook, and uh, also we're broadcasting uh, on uh, the African History Network as well on Facebook also, and on our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, uh, on YouTube as well, all right? Okay, so uh, this this past uh, week was a very, very busy week, and uh, there's a, um, a lot going on. We had Supreme Court decisions. We had uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy announcing his retirement. This is going to give uh, Donald John Trump another Supreme Court nomination, uh, which is going to be devastating. Uh, don't say I didn't warn you. Uh, but also we saw that um, Maxine Waters uh, received uh, death threats as well and threats of violence, okay? Um, I did a Facebook Live broadcast uh, this past week dealing with that. You can check that out uh, on YouTube, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, uh, on YouTube. Uh, there was a good article, uh, a few good articles, uh, one from theroot.com, which talked about... Um, the death, death threats uh, she was receiving, okay, uh, Rep. Maxine Waters says she is facing increased death threats. Uh, we know that it was uh, last Sunday, last Saturday, at a rally last Saturday, which was um, June 23rd. Uh, she, she was in uh, California at a, um, at a rally, and she uh, called on people to stand up and push back against the Trump administration. And if you see uh, members of the cabinet, members of Trump's cabinet at a gas station out eating, she said confront them to push back on them. Now, she did not call for violence. This was nonviolent protest. Trump says she basically called for violence. He's lying, as he usually does. It's documented, Washington Post. Uh, he made 3,251 false and misleading statements in the first um, 497 days of his presidency. Right. But when we look at the uh, article from uh, the root dot com, uh, Rep. Maxine Waters says she is facing increased death threats. OK, when we look at this article, uh, it, it cites a, a statement from Representative Maxine Waters, a California Democrat, who said that as the president has continued to lie and falsely claim that I encouraged people to assault his supporters, which she did not while also offering a veiled threat that I should, quote-unquote, be careful, even more individuals even more individuals are leaving threatening messages and sending hostile mail to my office. There was one very serious threat, uh, one very serious death threat uh, made against me on Monday uh, from an individual in Texas this past Monday, which is why my planned speaking engagements in Texas and Alabama were canceled this weekend. So uh, this uh, yesterday, uh, June 30th, and today, July 1st, she had to cancel some speaking engagements that she uh, that were already planned, uh, one in Texas and one in Alabama, after a, quote, very serious death threat, end quote, made against her, based upon a reporting from the Washington Post, uh, the article from the Washington Post, uh, Rep. Maxine Waters cancels events after, quote, very serious death threat, end quote. Uh, she was interviewed uh, this morning on AM Joy by Joanne Reed, and she talked about how the the uh, death threats 
uh, how's, how's been more than one. We'll go to that clip in just a minute. Uh, she goes on to say in the statement that was published by the root.com, she goes on to say, uh, there was one very serious death threat made against me on Monday from an individual in Texas, which is why, uh, my planned speaking engagements in Texas and Alabama were canceled, uh, this weekend. Okay. Uh, she went on to say, uh, this is just one in several uh, various serious threats the United States Capitol Police are investigating uh, in which individuals threaten to shoot, lynch, or cause me serious bodily harm. Let me repeat this. She said this is just one in several very serious threats the United States Capitol Police are investigating in which individuals threaten to shoot, lynch, or cause me serious bodily harm. Okay. Uh, so, and also the uh, Congressional Black Caucus is standing behind her, abcnews.com, uh, abcnews.go.com. That's their official website. The abcnews.com website is a fake website, okay, with fake news stories. They're, they're, the official website is abcnews.go.com. Uh, they reported June 26th, Congressional Black Caucus defend Maxine Waters amid Trump feud. Congressional Black Caucus defend Maxine Waters amid Trump feud. Um, in the uh, reporting, uh, they uh, um, published a statement from uh, Congressman Cedric Richmond, who's the chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus. And uh, he said, quote, in exercising her constitutional right to freedom of speech at a recent rally, Congresswoman Maxine Waters did not, as she has made clear, encourage violence like Donald Trump has been doing since the election. We know on the campaign trail he called for uh, protesters inside the uh, inside the uh, campaign speeches uh, to to be punched in the face. In one instance, he said, "If you you know you punch this person, I'll pay for your legal fees." Things like this. And he also remember he said, uh, "I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and not lose any votes." All right. So he has a history of making these 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 statements encouraging violence. OK, at one campaign rally, he said, you know, uh, you know, back in the day, they would have to carry that person out on the stretcher. He has a history of this. All right. Now he wants to play innocent victim and lie on an African-American woman. And uh, you notice Trump has a pattern when his back is against the wall, when the Mueller investigation is heating up. When uh, other things are being exposed about him, Michael Cohen is possibly about to flip on him. Michael Cohen has recordings possibly of he and Donald Trump talking. Uh, Donald Trump attacks one of three groups of people or all three. He attacks President Barack Obama. He attacks Hillary Clinton and he attacks African-Americans. Notice a pattern. OK, when his back is against the wall, when he's really in trouble, when he's trying to distract uh, from what's going what's really going on. These are groups of people that he's, he attacks, or all three of them, okay? And he attacked uh, Maxine Waters. He insulted her IQ. He called her low IQ, even though he has not revealed what his IQ score is. He called Maxine Waters low IQ. So this is the type of game that this white supremacist is playing, all right? Now, Cedric Richmond, uh, chair of the uh, CBC, went on to say she instead encouraged Americans to exercise their constitutional rights to freedom of speech and peaceful assembly by letting Donald Trump and members of the administration know that separating young, young immigrant children from their parents is not who we are as a country. Okay. Uh, Cedric Richmond instead 
pointed to Trump's own language insinuating violence on the campaign trail. Okay, uh, Cedric, Cedric Richmond said we cannot forget that Donald Trump, as a candidate, encourages supporters to beat up his detractors at rallies and at a and, and as president, morally equated white supremacists with anti-racists and encouraged uh, police officers to beat up suspects. In fact, almost every day, Trump says something that makes this country more dangerous for people who look like Congresswoman Maxine Waters and other minorities, okay, including Muslims with this with this. Uh, warmed over, uh, massaged Muslim ban that just passed the uh, U.S. Supreme Court 5-4 split, Republican, okay? Where is the national conversation on civility in these moments? Now, there has been conversations about civility, but people are calling Maxine Waters to be civil, but she's being attacked by Donald Trump. So civility comes from the top down. Civility comes from the top down. Largely, Republicans are not saying for Donald Trump to be civil. They're not chastising Donald Trump for threats that he's made. Okay? So civility comes from the top down. And Michelle Obama was correct when she said the presidency does not change who you are. It reveals who you are. The presidency does not change who you are. It reveals who you are. Okay? Now, Maxine Waters said Trump is the one who is creating lies. Trump is the one who is creating lies, trying to have people believe that I talked about harming people. There's nowhere in my statement, any time, any place that we talked about harm. Okay? She went on to say, as a matter of fact, Donald Trump, she called him President Trump, I don't. Donald Trump calls for more violence than anybody else. Okay? She said this during an interview with MSNBC. Uh, and she said that Trump made, uh, uh, she, she, she went off, uh, she went on to read off several statements Trump made on the campaign trail highlighting his tone of violence against protesters at his rallies. She said, quote, I like to punch him in the face. Maybe he should have been roughed up. Try not to hurt him, but if you do, I'll defend you in court. Don't worry about it. Okay? So this is, they're laying out the facts about Trump. Okay, Trump does not like to deal with facts. We, we, we understand this. He has a very, very strange um, relationship with the truth. All right. Um, and uh, I know we're coming up uh, here on a break in a few minutes, but uh, uh, we're going to go to this clip in just a minute here um, as well from A.M. Joy, Joanne Reed. Uh, look at the article from Washington Post. Rep. Maxine Waters cancels events after very serious death threat. Okay. Um, Representative Maxine Waters, who calls for public protests of Trump administration officials, has triggered a debate over civility in politics and said this past Thursday that she has canceled events in Texas and Alabama after a very serious death threat made against her. In a statement reported by CNN, uh, the California Democrat said that Donald Trump took aim at her on Monday on Twitter. Quote, even more individuals are leaving threatening messages and sending hostile messages to my campaign. OK, now Maxine Waters has been rebuked by Republicans and Democrats after calling uh, at a Los Angeles rally last weekend for demonstrators to harass Trump's cabinet officials wherever they go amid an escalating debate over immigration policy. Taken to Twitter, Trump fired back by calling Maxine Waters, quote, an extraordinary low IQ person, end quote, and warning her to, quote, be careful what you wish for, end quote. What is Trump's IQ? When has Trump revealed re his IQ score? Why does he keep attacking the IQ of African-Americans? When we know that the IQ test is culturally biased, 
It comes out of white supremacy. The IQ test is culturally biased. So why does he keep uh, attacking, especially African American uh, African Americans IQs, but he doesn't reveal his own IQ, uh, his own IQ score? We saw that um, during the uh, campaign trail, he um, attacked. Uh, he he called for uh, uh, President Barack Obama's transcripts. Okay. Uh, and, and we'll go to this clip here for a minute uh, from A.M. Joy, Joanne Reed. She interviewed uh, Maxine Waters uh, this morning. Okay, let's go to this clip here, please. You see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station? You get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. After that moment of Maxine, Congresswoman Waters was attacked by Donald Trump and her own colleagues, and she even received death threats. Hashtag civility. But on Saturday, at a California protest against Trump's draconian immigration policy, the Congresswoman had a message for her critics. I know that there are those who are talking about censoring me, talking about kicking me out of Congress, talking about shooting me, talking about hanging me. All I have to say is this. If you shoot me, you better shoot straight. There's nothing like a wounded animal. Well, joining me now is California Congressman Maxine Waters. <coughs> Congresswoman, thank you so much for being here. And I want to first start uh, by, by asking you um, to just assure our viewers who, we, as you know, we, we, you're a favorite of the show. Are, are you, have you been safe? Um, tell us a little bit about that aspect of things. Uh, you want to know about the... Are, uh, have you been safe? Are, you know, are, are, are things okay? I know that there were some death threats this week. Sure, absolutely. Um, as you know, I've had um, several death threats. Uh, one such person uh, will be uh, in court in July, was arrested, was charged uh, some time ago. But since the president's um, a speech and so-called response to uh, my um, words that I said um, early on about what was going on uh, with those in his Continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show, 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. Michael M. Hotep. We'll be back in a few minutes. If you haven't picked up the mystery novel Severed by author V.L. Tyler, you are missing a serious mystery novel that has stumped literally every reader. Severed by author V.L. Tyler was a finalist at the Harlem Book Fair Phyllis Wheatley Book Awards in 2016. The setting is in Louisiana, where cut-off fingers start showing up in a small university town. Their protagonist is Dr. Lula, who is a black female forensic anthropologist teaching at the university who becomes involved in the investigation. Despite the scientific aspects of the story, because you are definitely going to learn something, the most remarkable aspect of the novel are the characters. The novel chronicles the diversity of the black experience and how we choose to embrace it or run away from it. Get your download today from Kindle, Apple, or Kobo. It's available at Amazon.com for $2.99 on the Kindle version or order it in paperback for only $17.99. You can also get it from your local bookstore 
and ask that bookstore to get it on their shelves if they don't already carry it. It's popular with book clubs because there's lots to talk about. Severed, a novel by author D.L. Toller. You can also get more information at severednovel.com, severednovel.com. Order your copy today. Whatever you do, keep the ending a secret. The book One Chance to Be a Man by author D. Revolution could be one of the most important books in black America, says Dr. Kenneth Bowers. The book One Chance to Be a Man is a true story. The struggle of a little boy becoming a man making the wrong choices for what appears to be the right reasons. When his mother dies from a drug overdose, he has to make a decision. Is the street life what he wants to keep living? When he asks himself this question, a whole new world opens up for him. He eventually takes everything he learned on the streets and turns it into poetry. One Chance to Be a Man by author D. Revolution is a book that has a 100% five-star rating and is guaranteed to hook you within the first 20 pages. It's available right now at Amazon.com, Amazon.com or SoulConsciousBooks.net, SoulConsciousBooks.net. This book has no regrets or apologies, just good old-fashioned storytelling. It's guaranteed to hook you within the first 20 pages. Hey, what's going on? My name is Edward Williams, and I'm the founder and creator of Health by Any Means Necessary, and also the founder of the Black Self Care Academy. Our mission is to aggressively inspire and radically improve the health conditions of our community by any means necessary. And the way we're going to do that is by empowering you with online health courses as well as online health coaching to help radically improve your health as well as overall ending our dependency on a healthcare system that has shown time after time that does not have our best interests in mind. Over at the Self-Care Academy, we'll be creating courses on how to prevent and reverse preventable diseases such as high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, high cholesterol. Uh, we also have general health improvement courses uh, such as Health 101, uh, Health Defense, and we also have courses on emotional eating, uh, workout programs, nutrition, and those are just to name a few. We will be constantly adding to our academy and anything else that will help radically improve the health issues of our community. So make sure you go check out the Black Self-Care Academy. Uh, this is Edward Williams signing off. And as always, our community, our responsibility. Let's get it. Peace. Hotep, everybody. This is Michael M. Hotep, host of the African History Network show. Hey, if you are a business owner and you want to reach thousands of people on a weekly basis to market your service or product or maybe your upcoming event, then you want to advertise with the African History Network. Email us at customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com for more information. And right now, for a limited time only, we have a special promotion. Buy one month, get one month free. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. Um, we are live. Uh, call in number 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number, okay? Uh, we're talking about uh, Maxine Waters receiving death threats uh, at, and threats of violence uh, against her this past week. Uh, Washington Post reported on this, New York Times, uh, all the media outlets reported on this. She was interviewed this morning uh, by Joanne Reed on AM Joy. Okay, uh, let's go back to that uh, clip from uh, AM Joy this morning.
uh, since we'll the president's okay. um, speech and so-called response to uh, my um, words that I said um, early on about what was going on uh, with those in his cabinet who were booed and uh, who were asked uh, out of a restaurant, etc. I've received more death threats. And uh, one talked about lynching me. Uh, the other one, I believe, talked about shooting me. So, you know, basically, um, I believe in peaceful protests. Uh, but when they say they're going to kill me, I do report it. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, and to, you, you've had the uh, unusual and extraordinary, and it has to be frightening experience of being personally attacked by name by the president of the United States, who tweeted earlier this week mm -hmm. attacking your intelligence, saying you and mm -hmm. Nancy Pelosi become the face of the Democratic Party, claiming that you called for harm to his supporters, <coughs> um, which you did not. Um, be careful what you wish mm -hmm. for, Max. A pretty ominous ending to that tweet. And then I want to play what uh, Donald Trump said on Wednesday, uh, and this was during one of his rallies. Take a listen. Okay. Maxine, she's a beauty. <laughs> I mean, she practically was telling people the other day to assault can you imagine if I said the thing she said? Can you imagine, seriously, if I said that or somebody else said that? I mean, with the caveat that some of the things he said at his rallies do seem to have called for people to be assaulted. But can you just, you know, for the average citizen who's not experienced having, having the president of the United States go after them personally like that, you know, what is that like as a citizen of this country, <coughs> let alone a member of Congress? Well, you know, I was blessed uh, with courage. And I was blessed with um, the kind of strength that does not allow me to be intimidated by the likes of Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, early on in your program today, you played uh, several clips showing how violent he is and how he supports violence and why he calls other people names and all of this extraordinary, outrageous uh, activity of the president of the United States, the likes of which we've never seen before. So I am prepared for him. Again, I'm not intimidated by him. I think he does not deserve to be the president of the United States, and I simply stand up to him. And so he'll keep doing that uh, as he has done throughout his limited career of his, and I'm going to get on. We're talking about uh, what we as Democrats are doing to deal with the most important issues of our times, important issues that we need to be focused on, and uh, providing the kind of public policy that will help create housing in this country. We have a housing crisis that will try and protect Obamacare, the ACA that they're trying to tear down every day, that will deal with infrastructure so that we can create jobs. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. I can defend against him and I can promote good public policy. I intend to do that and let him call me whatever he wants to call me. Let him say whatever he wants to say. He will not stop me. He cannot uh, cause me to shut down. That's what they would like to do. They want me to run away. They want me to stop talking. They want me to be quiet. But he can't do that to me. I won't stand for it. And not only did you have that. OK, so that was this morning. Uh, Maxine Waters on AM Joy. Check out that clip. MSNBC.com. Um, it's entitled. Uh, Maxine Waters to Trump. He will not uh, stop me. Maxine Waters to Trump. He will not stop me. OK, let's go to the phone lines quickly. Let's go to Jeff line two. Jeff. Uh, thanks for holding. Welcome to the African History Network show. Tell us where you're calling from. 
What's going on, brother? This this the brother Haitian uh, Haitian descendant Levi uh, calling from Orlando, Florida. Brother. Okay, you watching on uh, YouTube? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm watching on YouTube on my on my tablet on my big screen. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, brother. Now now I have a comment on on Maxine Waters. Go ahead. You know what she uh, what she doing? Mm-hmm. And you know. Yes, yes, you're right. She didn't, you know, she didn't uh, try to uh, start a conflict with these, uh, with Donald Trump cabinets. But brother, you never, you never thought that, like for example, you know, uh, I ain't trying to be too long with it. Okay. Like for example, like the black community, right? Mm-hmm. You think that here in this nation, the black people in America, mm-hmm. you think black people in America should care what's what's going on in the borders? In the though, where? I said. In the borders, uh, the people here in America, yeah, in in, in America, yeah, you think that black people should should care about what's going on um, at the border? Absolutely, right absolutely, now, absolutely. Let me explain why. Thanks for your call. We got a guest coming. Call. We got a guest uh, coming up in about thirty seconds, so you can call back Jeff after the interview. Absolutely. Why? Just look what just happened this past week. Pay attention to the U.S. Supreme Court uh, decisions upholding the Muslim travel ban. Just because Venezuela and North Korea are on there, you got six or seven Muslim countries. During the campaign trail, Donald Trump said he was going to call for a ban on Muslims coming to this country. Are black people Muslims? Are African Americans Muslims? January 9th, 2018, in a meeting dealing with DACA, Donald Trump uh, called uh, African nations, Haiti and El Salvador, S-hole countries. Do people immigrate? Do black people immigrate to this country from Africa and Haiti? This is what Donald Trump said. All of this is coming out of this white supremacist administration. Okay, the same administration that declared the war on drugs, May 12, 2017. Jefferson Beauregard Sessions III, another white supremacist, declared the war on drugs. The war on drugs we know disproportionately targeted African Americans. It's the same administration that reversed President Obama's initiative to not renew contracts for privatized prisons. August of 2016, President Obama announced that uh, contracts for privatized prisons for federal prisoners would not be renewed. Donald Trump reversed that. Why? Because Donald Trump ran on the platform of law and order. This is why I told people, you got to pay attention during the election. Go back and listen to my podcast, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, during the 2016 election. I was doing national radio five days a week. All those podcasts are still there. The same white supremacist. Uh, administration that's attacking Mexicans, that's attacking Hispanics, telling people that Hispanics are taking your jobs when at the same time you got 6.7 million unfilled jobs in the country. You got a record number of unfilled jobs. Under President Obama, by August of two, uh, April of 2016, it was about 5.4, 5.5 million. You, ca- you got 3.8% unemployment. Trump is targeting other people. This, is, this all deals with white 26 states. In this country, where white people have a negative birth rate, this all deals with the fear of the browning of America. Now, Michigan, now the U.S. has two borders. They have a Mexican border at the south, and they got a Canadian border that goes all across the top of the United States. Go Google Canadian border U.S. and look. The Canadian border is not. I lived in downtown Detroit. I live three minutes away from the Canadian border. The Canadian border all goes all across the northern U.S. They're not doing this at the Canadian border where you have white undocumented immigrants coming to this country. They're not ripping white babies from white mothers' arms coming through the Canadian border. You think undocumented immigrants are not coming through the Canadian border? Yes, they are. But they're only targeting the Mexican border. 
Why? Because Donald Trump, Donald Trump tapped into the fear of white people fearing the browning of America, fearing them losing their numerical dominance in this country. The same people who are calling for the ban of Muslims, and you got black people who are Muslim. Talk to, talk to your African-American friends who are Muslims, and they talk about the increased fear that they felt when Donald Trump was elected. And, the, and go to the Southern Poverty Law Center, splcenter.org, and look at, the, look at them tracking hate crimes, not just against African-Americans, not just against Hispanics, but, uh, uh, but, but against Muslims. Okay, the same people who are calling uh, African nations Haiti and El Salvador and the people who come from them, they're demonizing them. They call them S-hole countries are the same people who are trying to ban Muslims. They're the same people who are demonized Mexicans, demonizing Hispanics. Okay, but but Trump doesn't want to tell you that factory output since the 1980s has doubled. Read the article from uh, MarketWatch.com that deals with this. They don't want to tell you that factory output has doubled since the 1980s. But corporations are doing it with one-third the labor force. It's not because the jobs being shipped overseas. Yes, some are. It's because of automation, robotics, software programs that have been eliminating jobs. But Trump is doing the same thing that the Nativist Party, also known as the American Party, also known as the Know Nothing Party of the 1840s and the 1850s did when they blamed the Irish and they blamed Chinese and things like this for taking American jobs. He's doing the same thing. Well, at the same time, talking about a record number of unemployment, 3.8%, talking about a record number of unfilled jobs, 6.7 million. The same white supremacist organization is doing this all across the board. And what white supremacy does is it pits groups of oppressed people against one another to fight one another. This is how a minority population stays in control. This is all designed to benefit the 1%. It's the same, it's the same administration that's trying to take health care from about 20 million people, but you give a $1.4 trillion tax cut, 83% of the benefits go to the top 1%. It's white supremacy all across the board. Absolutely, we should be concerned about that because they're doing it to them. They're doing it. They're doing it to all of us. They're screwing over all of us. Let's go to Dr. Ola. Dr. Ola, thanks for holding. I had to answer that question. So on the line, we have my man, Dr. Ola, who is uh, the head of the United African Community Organization. United African Community Organization, better known as UACO, and they have the 18th annual African Unity Festival coming up this Wednesday, July 4th, at Eliza Howell Park in Detroit. Dr. Ola, how you doing today? Oh, I'm fine, sir. How are you? I'm all right, brother. I'm all right, brother. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you. Good to see you yesterday out at the park. So you all have thousands of people that come out to this celebration, and a lot of people don't know about it. So tell people, what is the annual African Unity Festival that takes place in Detroit the 4th of July uh, uh, every month, every year? Yes. Uh, well, it takes part at the fifth place at the Eliza Howard Park. Uh, it's an annual picnic that we do for the family, just to get the family just close to the like family reunion and things like that. We family all reunion, yeah. As a family, we celebrate the Black history, and you are one of us who participate in the Black history, uh, African authentic African clothes and merchandise. You know, it's just a celebration of our people. Okay. Absolutely. So you have vendors out there. It's a celebration of African people. Now, it's a unity festival. Now, I know I've been out there uh, a, a few years. I've been a vendor out there. And you have um, uh, not just vendors, but you have uh, different African, continental African organizations from Senegal, from Guinea, from Nigeria, from Ghana, Gambia, Mali, Malawi, Tanzania. So uh, the different African organizations, when they have their tents, uh, out there, as people will see, July 4th, Wednesday, July 4th. What are the different African organizations doing? 
Yeah, what we do, you know, this is a day that we, about 25 African national organizations, we all come together to celebrate uh, the family, just like a family celebration. With, you know, a lot of people don't go to war. We just decide, what are we going to do? We celebrate ourselves, right. like uh, money, the African unity, the faith in ourselves, the love for each other. So it's a way to see ourselves again. The way it's a way to give uh, praise to the ancestor. That uh, the last time some people have seen each other maybe one year ago. So this is a celebration of the human spirit that we come together. But it consists of about 25 and the African American. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the African that is born in the homeland and the African is born in the diaspora in the Caribbean, in the Canada, in America. Yes. We are all so this is the time we all come together to celebrate the spirituality. Right. And the common unity. Right. So you have right. so, so you have continental African organizations there and you have African Americans there as well coming together in unity. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. The Caribbean too. And the Caribbean as well, because we know throughout the diaspora we know Haiti, Jamaica, and Cuba, Puerto Rico, things like this. Okay. Yes. So so uh, uh, so let me ask you a question. Um you hold this on July fourth. So July 4th is known in this country as Independence Day, but we know uh, July 4th, 1776, most African-Americans were enslaved. So we know it's not our Independence Day. Okay, so so just curious, why do you hold it on July 4th and what is significant to continental Africans about July 4th? Yeah, well, like the Kuma, Kuma once said, the liberation of African everywhere in the world. Until okay. all the Africans are saved, mm-hmm. uh, they, are, they are free. So we, we choose the day because this is the day we are also free. Okay. The American people, the African-American, mm-hmm. we, 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 we celebrate the African-American. We celebrate, you know, this is uh, the last time we have an African-American who's, uh, who's our president here, you know. Okay, Barack Obama. Obama. Sure. So we are also in a part of the civilization we want to leave the past behind and move for the forward because there's no way you are going to write the history of the United States of America now that you can't write the black American. Okay. We have Martin Luther Obama now. Right. So we gotta celebrate, you know, it's not really things that separate us but things that bring us together. Okay. So celebrate things that bring us together. Okay. Yes. Okay, so so you choose July fourth. A lot of people are off work that day. It's not necessarily saying yeah. that uh, July fourth, seventeen seventy six, African Americans were free because most of us were enslaved. But it's but since since uh, a lot of people have that day off, we we come together to celebrate a unity between continental yeah. Africans, African Americans, and those in the Caribbean. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yes, okay. That's what we are doing. All right. Okay. Now, now let me ask you a question. So this is taking place, everybody. This is a free event. It's taking place Wednesday, okay. July 4th, 2018 at Eliza Howell Park, H-O-W-E-L-L, Eliza Howell Park at Finkel and Telegraph Road in Detroit, Michigan, 11 a.m. Yeah, to 8 p.m. For, Go ahead. Yeah, if you're looking for African history, books, clothes, you know, mm-hmm. souvenirs, carving, right from the homeland. Right. Uh, we African dance city. We African <laughs> clothes for right. our beautiful women sisters. Right. We African Agbada dance city. Right. Had all the authentic African history books. 
Mm-hmm. All those things are. So these will be all these types of vendors out there. All these types of vendors. You can get African music. You get African clothing. Yes, go ahead. Necklace. Necklace. All shoes. Yes. African made. Absolutely. Right. And then uh, the African History Network will uh, will have a a, a vendor table out there, Michael M. Hotel. Come check that out. I have my DVD lectures there uh, as well. We'll be out there all day. So come support that. So there's going to be African culture. There'll be dance. There'll be food, sports, music, and and live performances. Go ahead. Dancing, Mm -hmm. celebration, you know, sports, soccer, you know, all those things. Soccer, yes. Right. Soccer, you know, all these things. Absolutely. They, they, they have this all going on. This takes place every year, July 4th, Eliza Howe Park, uh, in Detroit, Finkel and Telegraph. It's a free event. It's family-friendly. Bring the family out also. Yes. 18th Annual African uh, Unity Festival. Um, now, let me ask you a question. So a lot of times African-Americans hear that continental Africans don't like us, continental Africans hate us. So then this causes friction between continental Africans and African-Americans. Talk, talk, talk about that. What's going on there? Well, the issue here is that uh, I was, uh, as a former United Nations officer, you know, as a diplomat, I once asked people like that. Mm-hmm. He said the problem is that because we don't write our own history. We don't write our own history. Other people define us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what we're looking for is African-Americans to participate in the African stuff. Okay. So, you know, you hear about when Makalam X went to Africa, Mohammed Ali, mm-hmm. Andrew Young, you know, we got to start having our honeymoon over there. And don't forget about what people is trying to tell us. It's more than bring us together than separate us. We are all one family. We are all extension of family. If right. somebody take your brother away, take your sister away, rape your children, rape your gun, they come and tell you, no, he don't like you. How can he be don't like you? Right. Somebody take your sister away. You know what it is to take your mother and your brother away, and somebody come and tell you 10 years, 20 years, 3,000 years, oh, he didn't like you. It's because they're writing the book. They don't start writing our book by ourselves if we don't write it right. Right. They're writing the history. That's what we are doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Europeans yeah, are writing the right. history. And as I tell people, the same people who told African-Americans that continental Africans hate us, these are the same people who told continental Africans that African-Americans hate them, okay? And, 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 and also what we're dealing with are the negative images of African-Americans exported out of this country by white-controlled media that, show, that depict us negatively and then influence the way other people perceive us and treat us. And then we see the same thing about Africa, the negative depictions of Africa and showing a lot of poverty and things like this, but not showing, not, not showing modern cities, not showing very well-educated people in places like Nigeria or, or things like this, right? So, they, so, they, so white supremacy and white-controlled media promotes this lie about African-Americans and continent. Africans, okay, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, basically, what you're doing now, mm-hmm. you are promoting yourself, you're promoting the African culture. Yes, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we probably don't even have people like you who could control a radio station, you could speak whatever you want, right? When we start writing our own history, when we start broadcasting our own culture, when we start celebrating ourselves, that is when the history is done. Now, when other people write to us, I give you cordial. But what you're doing, and um, we are very proud of you, of your station and your communication. And yes. you continue, brother. 
doing the right thing because we want to tell our own story. We're tired and sick and tired of everybody telling our story. We want to tell our Absolutely. own story as it is for us. Absolutely. That's what you are doing today. And we, the African community, congratulate you. Thank you, brother. Well, power is the ability to define and shape reality and have other people accept your definition of reality as if it were their own. This is what power is. So this is why something like this is, is, is so important, okay? 18th Annual African Unity Festival at Eliza Howe Park, H-O-W-E-L-L. It's at Finkel and Telegraph Road, uh, Wednesday, July 4th, 2018, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., free event, bring the family. Is there a website or anything uh, where people can get more information, Dr. Yeah, Ola? The website is myuaco.org, M-Y-U-A-C-O.org. Okay, myuaco. If you want to call us, you can call us on the telephone. 313-574-2607. Okay. 313-574-2607. And you do not remember my people. Okay. It's easy for our people who need direction. Right. Or, or want to vend up or want to participate. Okay. So the website, once again, is my, M-Y-U-A-C-O, Uaco. U-A-C-O. Yeah, dot org. And then the phone number is 313-574-2607, 313-574-2607. If you need more information, you need directions, you want information about being a vendor, definitely come on out, okay? Well, look, brother, I will see you all bright and early uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, people will definitely come out and support this event, support the African History Network. We'll be, we'll be there all day. We'll uh, have a big discount on a lot of our DVD lectures. And uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, Dr. Ola. And uh, where, where are you yeah. from, by the way? I forgot. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Nigeria. That's what I'm I thought. You Yoruba? I'm really from the west. Are you? I'm really from the west side of Detroit. I've been here for such a long time. Okay. Are you Yoruba? Yeah. Peace and love now. Okay. Are you Yoruba? Yes, sir. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, take care, brother. Have a good day. All right, so that's Dr. Ola from uh, Uwaco, United African Community Organization, and uh, they do the uh, annual uh, African Unity Festivals taking place this uh, Wednesday. And uh, we'll get this flyer at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We already posted it on our uh, fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, okay? Let's go to the phone line. Let's go to Shaquan. Hey, Shaquan, thanks for calling in. Thanks for holding. Uh, tell us where you're calling from. Hello, how you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm calling from the Bronx, Bronx, New York. Okay, Bronx, New York, man. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead uh, with your question or comment. Yeah, well, it's not really a question. It's more of a comment. Go so um, I'm, with everything going on right mm -hmm. now in America, mm -hmm. I'm, I say that this is America's test. Mm -hmm. This is this is This is... What's going on now will basically define our future. And the reason the reason I say that is because I'm a I'm a twenty seven year old man. Okay. And I'm I'm not too old, not too young, but where I'm from there's a lot of gang violence, gang sure. activity, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was wrapped up in a lot of negative things. Right. Right? And it took it took it took the it took the election and it took it, it took Donald Trump becoming president for me to really, really, really realize what's really important. Mm -hmm. now, what's so really that's important. why I say, yeah, yeah. So Donald Trump is a gift and a curse. The, we, we, all, we know what the curse is, but this is what I say the gift is. The gift is him becoming president. Mm -hmm. It actually, it, it, woke, it woke me up. And 
now I see I see so much things that's going on. So the, the, the things that he says, the way he con- conducts himself, right, it's unbelievable. So and, and this is our president. <laughs> well, is is let me ask you a question. Uh, how long have you been listening to my show? Just curious. Uh, I would say probably um, a month. Okay, all right. Because during yeah. the 2016 election cycle. I was doing radio five days a week, and I was broadcasting on Facebook Live. I was warning people about all this stuff leading up to November mm. 2016. You can go back and mm-hmm. listen to the audio podcast of my shows. I was telling people about his connections to Russia. I was talking about his comments. I was talking about how much he lies. I was talking about his white supremacist comments and how he was engaging in the othering of other people and blaming yeah. other people for why white people don't have jobs and things like this. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. What was it? And we're coming up on a break in a few minutes. What, what, okay. why during the 2016 election cycle, there were a number of people warning America, not just black America, not just African Americans, but warning America in general about Donald Trump. So why was it back then um, you weren't keyed in on it? Why wasn't back then you didn't hear the clarion call? Back, yeah, that, that's 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 why I brought up the the gang violence and the, okay. the things that I that that I was um, involved in. Sure. Because I, I, to be honest, I could care at that point at that point in time in my life, I could care less about who was going to be president and things like that, things like okay. politics stuff like this. Right. I didn't really care. Okay. So, I remember the day like it was yesterday. I was sitting at work and I was watching the voting, the numbers, and him versus Hillary and. That was November eighth. Up at one point, yeah, okay. yeah. She was up at one point, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, he won. Mm-hmm. And even at that point, I wasn't so, I guess, scared. I, I would say I was. I wasn't really worried. Okay. But all of his rhetoric, his rhetoric, and just just certain things, it, it, it's unbelievable to me. And then this yeah. is what I always tell people: <laughs> I say, let's put let's put race and color of skin aside. Right. Anybody that does and says the things that he does, and it, and it, it, Let's put color and race aside. It's unacceptable. Right, right. And I, I, I just try to understand why you have his colleagues and his friends and family, Republicans, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. they stick by his side. Well, the reason why no what is the reason why they stick by his side. Two main reasons. One, he is fulfilling a very conservative Republican agenda with Supreme Court mm-hmm. nominations with federal court uh, nominations of federal judges. He's changing the landscape of the federal of the federal courts with the very young, conservative, white male nominations he's making okay. for federal judges. And a federal judge, mm. that's a lifetime appointment as well. More cases yeah. go before the federal courts than go before the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay? They want, uh, okay. you have uh, evangelicals who want the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, you have, uh, uh, and also he's doing the bidding of his billionaire uh, donors like Robert Mercer, like Sheldon Adelson. These were people who were pushing for that massive $1.4 trillion tax cut, which benefit, 83% of the benefits go to the top 1%. Okay. Uh, then also they, uh, people like the Koch brothers, people like Robert Mercer, they want to repeal of the Affordable Health Care Act. Because this then gives them a huge this this gives this puts a whole lot of money into their pockets as well. So he's attacking the Affordable Health Care Act. They uh, Jeff Sessions redeclared the war on drugs. His his uh, attorney general. All this they want to crack down on uh, immigrants coming to this country. Immigrants of color, not just undocumented immigrants, but also uh, yeah. immigrants of color who are coming here legally. Okay, so he's for, he's fulfilling he's fulfilling this conservative agenda that many of us don't even know exists. So the other thing is because okay. he has so many social media followers and he attacks 
uh, certain people on Twitter. They, uh, you have people uh, in the House of Representatives, Republicans in the House of Representatives, as well as the U.S. Senate, who who fear the backlash from his supporters and feel that uh, either they won't be voted back into office by his angry supporters, or they also fear that um, um, there'll be a Republican challenger in the primaries against them, backed by Donald Trump. I would take their spot. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Okay, so so you, so people have to understand this three dimensional chess uh, that that that's going on as well. Okay, okay, man. Okay, Makes keep sense. listening. All, all right, right yeah, we're coming no, up on the break. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. I salute you, my brother. Keep all right, thanks, Jeff. Doing. I salute oh, you. Okay, take care, man. Thanks for calling. Keep listening. All right, and visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have uh, my online courses. We have them in a bundle pack. They're on sale, sixty dollars. They include um, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. That's a 14-hour, seven-session online course that I teach. We deal with thousands of years of, of history in that as well. It's uh, 10 courses in the bundle pack. It also includes African-American resistance in the era of Donald Trump, voter suppression, reparations, and high elections have consequences. African-American resistance in the era of Donald Trump, voter suppression, reparations, and high elections have consequences. All this stuff that's happening, you know, I warn people about this. People ain't want to listen. I, I, people going to learn fat meat is greasy. I warn people about Trump, his white supremacy. I warn people about policies. I read his, look, I watched over 100 Trump campaign speeches and interviews during the 2016 election. I did fact checking on his statements. All that stuff is documented in my uh, audio podcast at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. This stuff that's taking place, I told you it was going to happen. The attack on Dodd-Frank, the attack on the Affordable Health Care Act. Many people don't know that the um, the uninsured rate for African Americans uh, was at, uh, based on about December 2016, uh, it was at a, uh, it, was the, it was the lowest basically in history, recorded history, 10%. Okay, only 10% of African Americans were uninsured dealing with health insurance because of the Affordable Health Care Act, which then gave African Americans the longest average life expectancy at 72 years. This is directly related to the Affordable Health Care Act. Okay, so uh, people have to understand elections have consequences. One of the biggest mistakes that we made is we thought the 2016 election was about between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. No, it wasn't. That 4,000 positions that Donald Trump has to fill in his uh, administration. All right, we'll be back in a few minutes, 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation of Future Radio. Uh, this is Michael M. Hotel, host of the African History Network Show. We'll be back in a few minutes. If you haven't picked up the mystery novel Severed by author V.L. Tyler, you are missing a serious mystery novel that has stumped literally every reader. Severed by author V.L. Tyler was a finalist at the Harlem Book Fair Phyllis Wheatley Book Awards in 2016. The setting is in Louisiana, where cut-off fingers start showing up in a small university town. Their protagonist is Dr. Lula, who is a black female forensic anthropologist teaching at the university who becomes involved in the investigation. Despite the scientific aspects of the story, because you are definitely going to learn something. The most remarkable aspect of the novel are the characters. 
the novel chronicles the diversity of the black experience and how we choose to embrace it or run away from it. Get your download today from Kindle, Apple, or Kobo. It's available at Amazon.com for $2.99 on the Kindle version or order it in paperback for only $17.99. You can also get it from your local bookstore and ask the bookstore to get it on their shelves if they don't already carry it. It's popular with book clubs because there's lots to talk about. Severed, a novel by author D.L. Tyler. You can also get more information at SeveredNovel.com, SeveredNovel.com. Order your copy today. Whatever you do, keep the ending a secret. The book One Chance to Be a Man by author D. Revolution could be one of the most important books in black America, says Dr. Kenneth Bowers. The book One Chance to Be a Man is a true story. The struggle of a little boy becoming a man making the wrong choices for what appears to be the right reasons. When his mother dies from a drug overdose, he has to make a decision. Is the street life what he wants to keep living? When he asks himself this question, a whole new world opens up for him. He eventually takes everything he learned on the streets and turns it into poetry. One Chance to Be a Man by author D. Revolution is a book that has a 100% five-star rating and is guaranteed to hook you within the first 20 pages. It's available right now at Amazon.com, Amazon.com, or SoulConsciousBooks.net, SoulConsciousBooks.net. This book has no regrets or apologies, just good old-fashioned storytelling. It's guaranteed to hook you within the first 20 pages. Hey, what's going on? My name is Edward Williams and I'm the founder and creator of Health by Any Means Necessary and also the founder of the Black Self-Care Academy. Our mission is to aggressively inspire and radically improve the health conditions of our community by any means necessary. And the way we're going to do that is by empowering you with online health courses as well as online health coaching to help radically improve your health as well as overall ending our dependency on a healthcare system that has shown time after time that does not have our best interests in mind. Over at the Self-Care Academy, we'll be creating courses on how to prevent and reverse preventable diseases such as high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, high cholesterol. Uh, we also have general health improvement courses uh, such as Health 101, uh, Health Defense, and we also have courses on emotional eating, uh, workout programs, nutrition, and those are just to name a few. We'll be constantly adding to our academy and anything else that will help radically improve the health issues of our community. So make sure you go check out the Black Self-Care Academy. Uh, this is Edward Williams signing off. And as always, our community, our responsibility. Let's get it. Peace. Hotep, everybody. This is Michael M. Hotep, host of the African History Network show. Hey, if you are a business owner and you want to reach thousands of people on a weekly basis to market your service or product or maybe your upcoming event, then you want to advertise with the African History Network. Email us at customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, customer service at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com for more information. And right now, for a limited time only, we have a special promotion. Buy one month, get one month free. All right, welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, uh, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. You listen to the African History Network show. Uh, it's Sunday, uh, July 1st, 2018. We're live 
Call in numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment, all right? Uh, right before the break, uh, we were talking to Jeff, and I want to give you uh, two articles because uh, we were talking about Donald Trump, his policies, the fearing of the browning of America. This is what the attack on the Mexican border is about. You have uh, people coming in from Mexico. You have Mexicans coming in from Mexico, but these are not all Mexicans. You have them coming from Central America. You have them uh, coming from uh, the Caribbean. You have them coming from African nations. Uh, many of them are fleeing uh, uh, horrific uh, uh, violence, gang violence. So Trump talks about MS-13, and he doesn't tell you that MS-13 was a gang that started here in the U.S. and then went into Mexico. See, Trump doesn't tell you that. That's U.S. terrorism that's ex exported to Mexico, one. Two, less than 1% of the people coming through the Mexican border are MS-13. What Trump is trying to do is make MS-13 the face of undocumented immigrants so then you can attack them and you can justify putting uh, the, uh, separating the uh, children from the, from the families, putting uh, people in cages, things like this, and detaining them indefinitely, okay? You can justify this. You, 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 we have to be careful of how uh, words are uh, negative uh, pejorative terms are placed on people to then justify their mistreatment, okay? And this is what's taking place. Negative uh, terms are uh, placed on people to uh, justify their mistreatment, uh, to dehumanize them, okay? This, and then you can treat them any way you want to. So what uh, Trump did not uh, calculate is he did not calculate uh, people rising up like we saw uh, with the protests yesterday, uh, over 700 protests uh, across the country, tens of thousands of people, not just protesting, not just protesting um, the uh, immigration policies, okay, not just protesting that, but also protesting the Trump administration in general. It's not just what's taking place at the Mexican border that they were protesting. It's policies from the Trump administration as well, trying to take away health care from 20 million people. Okay, criminal justice. People were there for different reasons. All right. Um, and check out the, um, let's see, look at the article from uh, NBCnews.com. Thousands across U.S. join, uh, keep families together, march to protest family separation. Uh, this is uh, thousands across U.S. join, keep families together, march to protest family separation. This is uh, from NBCnews.com. All right. This is from uh June 30th, 2018. And uh, it, it, it says hundreds uh, of marches took place across the United States on Saturday as thousands of people demanded the Trump administration reunite families separated at the Mexican at the U.S.-Mexico border. Once again, they're not doing the same thing. They're not separating families at the Canadian border. And you go and you Google Canadian border U.S., that Canadian border goes all the way across the northern U.S. It's not just at Detroit. Is not just at New York. It goes all the way across across the U.S., the northern U.S. Uh, the protests uh, marching under the banner Families Belong Together are hoping to push the Trump administration to reunite thousands of immigrant children separated from their families after crossing into the United States. Now, as of uh, Saturday, uh, June 30th, there's still 2,047 children who have not been reunited with their parents. The bottom line is, the Trump administration had no plan to reunite these children because they did not think people would care. They did not see this massive uprising coming. They thought they can just do whatever they wanted to do because Trump used terms 
to dehumanize people. And, and talking about undoc- doc- undocumented immigrants, he used terms like infest, thugs, infiltrate, killers, criminals, under siege, massive crime, crime infested, breeding, breeding, remember slave breeding, 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 pour into our country. This is the, this is the rhetoric. This is the language Trump is using towards a targeted group of people. All right. And if you see the um, Facebook live broadcast I did a couple of days ago, dealing with Maxine Waters getting death threats, I tied all this together. Uh, check out the uh, June 19th, 2018 segment from Meet the Press Daily, MTP Daily, MSNBC.com, entitled Trump Immigration Rhetoric implies he's appealing to nasty, cruel, nativist group. Nasty, cruel, nativist group. Okay? And they show you the graphic of um, th- this type of language Trump has been using. This is coded language. This is on purpose. Some of these same type of terms were used and are still being used for African Americans. Okay? All this is coming out of the same white supremacist uh, administration, the same people who are trying to ban Muslims and deal with xenophobia and target Muslims and say that uh, and try to label Muslims as terrorists. This is why you got to protect white America. This is basically who he's trying to protect. Okay, but at the same time, Trump doesn't denounce white supremacy because we know white American men are a bigger domestic terrorist threat than Muslim foreigners are. That's documented. Vox.com. Um 2017, October 2nd, 2017, since Trump took office, more Americans have been killed by white American men with no connection to Islam than by Muslim terrorists or foreigners. So where's the effort to protect America from white supremacists? Where's that effort? Where's that wall? How much is it going to cost to build that wall? When Donald Trump signed his since revised executive order banning people from seven Muslim-majority countries, from entering the United States, this is back October 2nd, 2017, this article is from, he claimed it was to protect Americans from, quote, unquote, radical Islamic terrorists. Remember that term, radical Islamic terrorists. He said, we don't want him here, okay? But in the eight months since Trump took office, more Americans have been killed in attacks by white American men with no connection to Islam than by Muslim terrorists or foreigners. Remember in Las Vegas, Stephen, uh, uh, Stephen Paddock, he shot... He killed 48 people, then killed himself, and injured 500. Donald Trump didn't call him an animal. Donald Trump didn't call him a thug. So, so why is that? Radical Islamic terrorists inspired or directed by groups like ISIS and al-Qaeda do pose a clear threat to the U.S. Nobody's saying they don't pose a threat. But there's no question about that. Before last night's deadly shooting in Las, uh, Las Vegas, because this took place the night after Stephen Paddock killed 48 people, the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history occurred in June 2016 when an ISIS-inspired man opened fire in a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida, killing 49 people and wounding 53. That was the Pulse nightclub shooting, right? And, um, okay, but here at home, the bigger threat has come from a very different kind of attacker, one with no ties to religion generally or Islamic, Islamist extremism specifically, okay? So they give a few examples. That occurred in 2017, all right? Um, in August of 2017, 20-year-old white Nazi sympathizer from Ohio sped his car into a crowd of anti-racist uh, protesters at Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. That was August 12, 2017, killing a, a white woman who was an anti-racist protester named Heather Hare and injured 
uh, at least 19. In June of 2017, a 66-year-old white man from Illinois shot at Republican Congress uh, members during an early morning uh, baseball practice, severely wounding several people. We remember that, okay, including Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana. In March of 2017, 28-year-old white man from Baltimore traveled to New York City with the explicit aim of killing African-American men. When, when did Trump denounce that? He stabbed 66-year-old Timothy Kaufman to death and was charged with terrorism by New York State authorities. In May of 2017, the 35-year-old white man from Oregon named Jeremy Joseph Christian began harassing Muslim teenagers on a train in Portland, Oregon, telling them, quote, we need Americans here. We need Americans here. Two men interceded, okay? Joseph Christian then stabbed and killed both of them. They're trying to defend. He was attacking uh, uh, Muslim women. They stood up to defend the xenophobia, okay? And they get killed by this guy. So where where is the condemnation for the white domestic terrorism? Where's that condemnation? Read this article from Vodka.com. And you, you have more incidences since then. This came out October 2nd, 2017. But it's enough for you to start the research. White American men are a bigger domestic terrorist threat than Muslim foreigners. Where Where's that ban? Where's that wall? Where, where's the call for that condemnation? Very interesting. So then when we when we talked about the browning of America before the break, and we'll go to the phone lines in just a minute here, two articles you need to look at because this dealt with this dealt with the study that came out from the Census Bureau, June twenty first, twenty eighteen. People need to people need to read that. Okay? A lot of people don't know about this. New York Times reported fewer births than deaths among whites in majority of US states. Fewer births than deaths among whites in a majority of U.S. states. And this talks about how the Census Bureau has projected that whites could drop, white Americans could drop below 50% of the population around the year 2045, 2045, a relatively slow-moving slow change that has been years in the making. But a new report this week found that uh, white Americans are dying faster than they are being born now in 26 states. So in 26 states out of 50, a little more than 50% of the states White Americans are dying faster than they're being born. A lot of this has to do with the opioid crisis. Okay, now this is not an attack on anybody. We're looking at the studies coming from demographers. We're looking at the studies coming from the, the U.S. Census Bureau. Now, uh, 26 states is up from 17 states just two years earlier. And demographers say that shift might come even sooner. This is the fear that Trump has tapped into. This is the fear that Trump is, is, is perpetuating. Okay, uh, and then we look at the article from uh, MSN.com. America's white population shrinks for the first time as nation ages. Okay, and uh, this is from June 21st as well. All right, and they say the data show the nation's white population is aging rapidly as Americans delay their decision to have a family and as the flow of foreign immigrants from European countries ebbs or declines. So Trump, January 9th, 2018, in a meeting discussing uh, uh, over DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival, he, he, said, he, he called immigrants from African nations, Haiti, and El Salvador, S-hole countries, and said, why don't we have more immigrants coming from countries like Norway, which is a predominantly white European nation, okay? So as the immigration from white nations declines, you have an increase in immigration from nations of people of color, 
then this then this elicits the, then you have this attack against these particular nations and you have the mistreatment you have the zero tolerance policy announced april 6 2018 by attorney jefferson Beauregard sessions the third right at the mexican border but they're not doing the same thing at the canadian border where white undocumented immigrants come in so you so once again if you do not understand white supremacy and racism what it is and how it works everything else and i do mean Everything else that you think that you understand would totally confuse you. And this is what Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, this is what Dr. Francis Cress Wilson and Nelly Fuller correctly taught us. Okay? Those on YouTube, can you hear me? Let me know if you can hear me on YouTube. Okay? This is important information. All right. So, at the same time, minority populations are growing much faster, hastening or speeding up a demographic shift that has been decades in the making. The average non-Hispanic white American is 43 and a half years old. The average non-Hispanic white American, so the average white American, okay, is 43 and a half years old, according to the new data from the Census Bureau. The average Hispanic American, by contrast, is 29.3 years old. Demographers say the decline in the white population has been coming for decades as Americans decide to have children at later ages and as the baby boom generation moves toward retirement. Today, there are fewer white women in prime. Pay attention to this. All this is taking place. Now, most people can tell you what happened on Love and Hip Hop last week, but they can't tell you about this. This is from the Census Bureau. This report came out June 21st, 2018. You got to pay attention to this because this is what Trump is responding to. This is, this is what all this is about. Control of the Supreme Court, control of the federal bench, attacking, attacking Emory. They even want to reduce immigrants legal immigration coming from nations of color. Why? We know that immigrants tend to have a higher education level than uh, uh, people born in the U.S., and we know that African immigrants uh, have the highest education level. So why would then Trump call uh, 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 African nations asshole countries? Why would he do this? This is all about preserving genetic white survival. This is what this is about. And white supremacy is it, well, racism is that power structure that comes out of the ideology of white supremacy. Racism occurs when one race of people control the majority of the wealth, power, resources, privileges, benefits, land, access to education, access to opportunity, access to media, jobs, etc. And they use that to marginalize, subordinate, and do harm to another race of people. I'm not talking about all white people. I'm talking about using that to target, marginalize, subordinate, and do harm to another race of people. This comes out of the ideology of white supremacy that comes out of the Dark Ages and Europeans, uh, when they're coming out of the Dark Ages, late 15th century, early 16th century, they start to circumnavigate the globe and they realize that, they're the, that, that they are a minority in the world. And as they intermix with these populations, they see that that child coming out is no longer European. They just dealt with this for 800 years with the 800-year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors who go into 711 A.D. in the Iberian Peninsula and go all throughout Europe. They go into France. They go into Sicily. They go into Crete. They go into Spain. They go into Portugal. They go into Germany. They go into England. They go into Austria. And they intermix with the population. They saw this for 800 years. And so they realized if they did not put mechanisms in place to preserve genetic white survival, they can be genetically wiped off the face of the earth. This is not an attack on anybody. I'm dealing with the history. You have to understand history to understand the existence of something. You have to understand the pre-existence of existence. So, so, so we're seeing this taking place right now. This is not just 20, 30 years in the making. This is like 400, 500 years in the making. 
Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to uh, let's go back to Jeff line three. Hey Jeff, thanks for holding again. Uh, we were talking to you before the break. Did you have uh, any last comments before we go to Tony on line two? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yes, brother. Uh, well, actually, um, what you, you know, these, these politicians, Maxine Waters and and John Lewis, you know, now I know you've seen the clip when John Lewis all oh, the gold, all the. Oh, they they separate our babies and all that. Mm-hmm. Now you never that. thought that. Was, 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 okay, John Lewis, were you mm-hmm. were you thinking about crying out for for black people when they were separating their babies back in four years of slavery? Uh, I think he has. Well, first of all, we got to keep in mind, man. John Lewis was almost killed March seventh, nineteen sixty five, a bloody Sunday. We got to study John right. Lewis's record. Now, I disagree with John Lewis on some things, but I I, I don't right. question his commitment. John Lewis had his skull cracked. He almost died March seventh, nineteen sixty five fighting for the right to vote that the 15th Amendment said was already ours, okay? Right. So so what we, what, one of the things we have to understand is that the Congressional Black Caucus is made up of 49 minus 1, John Conyers, 48 people. You have two in the U.S. Right. Senate, Senator Kamala Harris of California and Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey. You got 46 in the House of Representatives, okay? They represent, last time I saw, last count was 78 million, but based upon the new numbers coming from the Census Bureau, June 21st, 2018, it's probably at least 80 million people they represent. Okay, based upon the numbers coming from the from the from, based upon the numbers coming from the U.S. Census, June 21st, 2018, there are 47.4 million African Americans in this country, up from about 44 million uh, in about maybe last 2012-2013. All the people they represent are not black. This is what people don't understand. Because see, right. see, because see, they're Hispanic com- uh, constituents, they're Jamaican constituents, they're Trinidadian constituents, they're constituents that are right. immigrants. They're on them about what's going on in the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the Mexican border. If you look at if you if you look at who's down there at the Mexican border, the, the elected officials, right. there were no Republicans there. Exactly. There were no Republicans exactly. there. Okay. Because exactly. because 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 many of these people understand that Republicans are anti immigration when it comes to people of color they're following along with trump all right so you have you have many of their constituents putting pressure on them to take action we need to put pressure on them to do the th- same thing on our behalf but what's taking place at the border this all comes out of white supremacy because they're not doing it at the canadian border right and, and that's why i said like they're like you know like like the mexicans and the hispanic community mm-hmm. i don't think they care about black people man a lot of them are black. This is what we don't understand. What is, what is a Mexican? Who who Mexicans are made up of a mixture. Uh, Mexicans are made up of a mixture of Africans, Europeans, and Native Americans. Though why do they why do they speak Spain? Why do they speak Spanish? Well, brother, I mean the simple fact that well, yes, they, they were they were they were conquered. You know, for them to speak Spanish, right? If if no, they were conquered by Spain. This is why they speak Spanish. Right. Okay, so when you look at Cuba, Puerto Rico, you look at Honduras, Panama, you look at Mexico, these other nations, the reason why they speak Spanish is because they were all conquered by Spain. They were conquered by Europeans. Right. Why do we speak English? Right. And, like I said, it was forced by the Europeans. No, we were conquered by Europe. We were conquered by England. Right, and I say we're forced by the Europeans for, for, so, for, for the black nation. So, 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 what, what this is? This all comes out of white supremacy. Just because, right. just, just because the European came from a different European nation, 
does not mean it's not white supremacy. All of this comes out of white supremacy. Right, right, right. And, and white supremacy, and, and, and I'll let you finish uh, in just a second. White supremacy pits groups of oppressed people against each other to keep fighting each other like a real life Hunger Games to benefit and profit the one percent. Right. Go ahead, and then I got to go to Tony Line too. So, 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 in your answers, brother, you say you said that the melanated people here in America. You think once again, oh. so we should not. We should oh, not. hold on, hold on. We got to go to break, man. Stand by. I'll, I'll hold you over to finish that question. We'll go over the, over the time. Uh, 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, the Future Radio, Michael M. Hotep, the African History Network show. We'll be back in two minutes. Hotep, everybody. This is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. Here, I want to let you know that our online course bundle pack is available right now on demand, and we have a 10-course bundle, which includes ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'apa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. So this is a 14-hour, seven-session online course that deals with thousands of years of history thousands of years of African-American history and African history. When we discuss the transatlantic slave trade, we have to understand that African people are the original people of North, Central, and South America and have been in the U.S. at least 51,700 years. We cannot start studying our, our history and slavery. Even when we study the transatlantic slave trade, which is important to study, we cannot start studying the transatlantic slave trade in 1619 or in the 1440s when the Portuguese get involved. We have to understand the history chronologically and deal with the 800-year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors who enter into the Iberian Peninsula today known as Spain and Portugal from North Africa in 711 AD. This course not only deals with the slave trade but thousands of years of history that leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Also included in this 10 course online bundle pack are uh, great African women in history, the mothers of civilization, a Black Panther analysis, African culture, history, and Afrofuturism, African American resistance in the era of Donald Trump, voter suppression, reparations, and high elections have consequences, and other courses also. It's available right now at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can watch from around the world, watch on your smartphone, your tablet, or your computer. That is the 10-course online bundle pack available right now at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. It's regularly $130. It's on sale right now for a limited time only for only $60. That's right, only $60, regularly a $130 value. Register today at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Remember, right now is correct. Wrong behavior. Mod Hotel. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel, founder of the African History Network, uh, host of the African History Network show. Uh, we, we should be getting a call from uh, Queen Thais here in a, uh, in a minute, also dealing with the uh, Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Education Expo. We need to talk to her for uh, a few minutes uh as well okay um let's see okay so right before the break we were talking to jeff let's get his last last comment then then i gotta get to these other topics go ahead jeff yeah brother so so in a way in the instance so we as a melanated people here in america 
once again, so should we care about that? I mean, do you care about Absolutely. Yeah, I asked that question already. A- absolutely. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Okay, cool, because, cool. see, do you okay. read AtlantaBlackStar.com? Not really. Okay, Not really. read this article here I'm from Atlanta. Read this article from AtlantaBlackStar.com that came out today. Black immigrants remain a silent minority, but their deportation numbers speaks volumes. Black immigrants uh, remain a yeah. silent minority, but their deportation numbers speaks volumes. All right, forty about forty-two percent of undocumented immigrants fly over here. They come over legally okay. on visas and overstay their visas. The Asian undocumented immigrants and the white undocumented immigrants are not being attacked and demonized like those of color, like like the darker skin ones, like the like the like the like the Haitians, like the African ones, like the like the Mexican ones. No, this this is this is by design. This is not by accident. This is this is by design. So we have to be smarter than that. We have to understand white supremacy and racism, what it is and how it works. Okay, uh, so, 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 this, you're answering, so you're saying Donald Trump, the Europeans. They're the real immigrants, basically, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're the real immigrants. Yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. And, and, they, and many of them know it. And some of them, and some of their ancestors came here illegally. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and one last comment, brother. Now, I don't know if you read up on this about the uh, Trump administration, mm-hmm. what they're about, what, what they about to do for the Haitians. Uh, now, next year of July, Donald Trump administration, he's going to deport 55,000 Haitians back to their country. Yeah, I and talked about that before. I talked about that a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Okay, yeah. Yep, so, absolutely. You know, they're now, doing that, and they're targeting, they're targeting right. uh, um, immigrants coming from those nations of color. Right, right This is who right, they're targeting. Right. He's targeting Haitians, right. 50,000. They're going to, because of the earthquake in Haiti back in 2010, they, they, right. they gave them like 18 months. And then right. go, go back to January 8th, 2018, he called immigrants coming from African nations, Haiti, and El Salvador as whole countries. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And, and, you know, and, and Trump, you know, when Trump doing his rallies, you went to Little Haiti, Little Haiti, Florida, saying that, oh, the Haitian people, the Haitian community people, you're my strongest champion. So He was standing in line to them. He was standing in line to them, and they voted for him, and they're getting screwed. Yeah. They're getting screwed. Yeah. It's just like yeah, it's just like Chaldean, yeah. just like some Chaldeans and Arabs in 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 in, in Detroit and Metro Detroit, especially Chaldeans. We were trying to tell them that uh, what Donald Trump was going to do. They thought he was playing, and now they're deporting some of their relatives. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. All right, thanks for calling. Keep listening. All right, uh, U.S. Census Bureau, check this out. Midwest home to most of the of the counties with decreases in median age. This is a, a, a press release from the Census Bureau from Thursday, June 28, 2018. Midwest, middle, uh, Midwest United States, Midwest home to most of the counties with decreases in median age. This is at uh, census.gov, official website of the Census Bureau, right? Check this out. And on page two, uh, they talk about the increase in population. Hispanic population increased 2.1% to 58.9 million, 18% of the population. I did the figures, 327 million people in the U.S. The African-American population increased 1.2% to 47.4 million, 14% of the population. Asian population increased 3.1% to 22.2 million. Okay, so check this out also. This just came out last month from the U.S. Census Bureau, all right? And read this article that came out today, July 1st, 2018. Black immigrants remain a silent majority, 
but their deportation numbers speaks volumes, okay? Um, uh, with the scope of public opinion focused squarely on the ongoing immigration debate, it's becoming harder and harder to erase the images of children separated and placed in uh, detainment facilities with some unlikely to be reunited with their parents. But as the Supreme Court's recent decision to uphold the Muslim ban confirms, and black people, African Americans, immigrants, uh, uh, immigrants of color, black immigrants are Muslims, Elections have consequences. This is what this article is telling you. This is what I've been telling you for going back to 2016, before the election. And in the case, and, and, and in this case, the lives of Americans and immigrants alike will continue to be impacted by them. For those drawn to Trump's ability to tell it like it is, usually he's lying, he's doing exactly what they expected him to do, which we warn people about, Chaldeans, Arabs. We told you what was going to happen. Now they're deporting you and your family members. Following months of rhetoric, that included calling Hispanics rapists, describing Haiti and African countries as S-hole countries. They spell it out. We're not going to do that. And telling Fox News that Muslims are, quote, a group of people that's very sick, end quote. Remember back during the election, he said, I think Islam hates us. He was in the interview. He said this. America's immigration system has changed and the cost of the ongoing political war is mounting for non-natives currently living in the country. And while the Hispanic community sits in the crosshairs of the Trump administration's push for an immigration overhaul, and there is a such thing as Afro-Latinos, others have been affected as well. That includes black immigrants, which Pew Research, the Pew Research Center estimated, had reached a population of 3.8 million by 2013, four times the amount documented in 1980. Black immigration has climbed steadily since the 1960s, thanks in part to the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1965 that also created a new category for political refugees seeking asylum in the United States. Seeking political asylum is not illegal. Trump administration is basically making it illegal. That's based upon international treaties that the U.S. government helped to draft and sign. Seeking political asylum is not illegal. Okay, read this article because I got to get to another, uh, the, the next topic. I don't have time to keep going through this. All right. And um, we should be joined by uh, Queen Tai soon. All right. Uh, so this morning on Politics Nation, okay, um, Reverend Al Sharpton, Politics Nation, and there's a Comcast outage here in the area. So my DVR did not record Politics Nation. I'm upset about that. Didn't record AM Joy either. Either. I got to watch it at MSNBC.com. All this money I pay to Comcast, and this is outage. I got to call them. Hey, you got you, you to give me a credit or something, okay? I got, got up this morning looking for Politics Nation on my DVR, and, and, and the screen was frozen on, on, uh, on Joanne Reed, MSNBC, right? But they talked about um, the toll that seeing repeated images of African Americans shot and killed by the police has, okay? Um, black, they dealt with black America's mental health. Um, and uh, Reverend Al Sharpton spoke with Ebony Riley, Melina Abdullah, and Latifa Simon to talk about the importance of mental health in the African-American community and the tragic death of Antoine Rose. Okay, uh, let's go to that clip. This is from uh, Sunday, July 1st, 2018, Politics Nation. Executors in Pittsburgh charged police officer Michael Rosfield with criminal homicide this week in the shooting death of black teenager Antoine Rose, they broke with the all-too-common precedent of police officers evading charges, let alone convictions, 
for fatal shootings of black civilians. Rose was shot three times as he fled Rose Field during a traffic stop. His death triggering angry protest exacerbated this week by Rosfeld's release on an unsecured $250,000 bond. This, as a new report finds that fatal police shootings of individual black Americans negatively affect the mental health of black America. Joining me now is Ebony Riley, Bureau Chief of the National Action Network in Washington, D.C. Also joining me, Dr. Melina Abdul, Chair of Pan-African Studies at California State University, Los Angeles, and Latifah Simon, President of the Akhenati Foundation. Uh, thank you all for being with me this morning. Thank you. Let me, uh, thank you for having me. as I look at this whole question of mental health, I was looking at this study that came out that talked about how people do not understand the impact that it has psychologically on uh, young people, and for that matter, older people in the African-American community that go through these endless unanswered attacks by people that are paid to serve and protect. And though the numbers may be debatable, which is uh, uh, always the, the, the case, the impact of if it's one a month, one every two months, of insecurity, of making people feel like they're living where there can be no redress or protection has real impact on their lives. And I, I know that you leading the Washington Bureau of, of NAN, uh, and uh, you work on this for us uh, in NAN, Ebony, and hear about it every day as you try to bring this together into some kind of legislative and policy change. The psychological impact, give us an idea of what you get from the field of how we have to deal with the trauma, not only of the families, but of the people in the neighborhood. Absolutely. Um, experiencing and witnessing police brutality has reverberating mental um, and uh, emotional effects on our mental health. You know, it sends a message to us that we are disposable and undeserving of dignity and justice. Uh, society's underreaction and at times the justification of police killings um, are a constant uh, reminder of our historical and current and the current uh, devaluing of black lives. I believe this study, um, the findings really speak to uh, police brutality as a serious public health issue. Dr. Uh, Abdullah, the study of this I don't think has been given enough attention of having to live under this kind of com communal stress and trauma how does this impact the entire lifestyle and environment of the black community right so I just underscore what Ebony is saying and when we talk about witnessing police killings. Um, one of the things that the study points out is it's not just direct witnessing. It's um, this concept, this way in which black people live. We have the highest sense of what's called linked fate of any group in the country. We understand that our um, fortune is tied to the fortune of 
every other black person. So when you see unarmed black people being killed by police and there being absolutely no accountability for those deaths, um, there's this ongoing trauma. I'll just tell a quick story. Yesterday I was at the Baldwin Hills Crenshaw Mall and um, just two months ago an unarmed brother, um, they say he was armed with a kitchen knife, but a brother named Grishario Mack was killed right outside of TJ Maxx. And I was walking inside the store and I just felt this overwhelming sense of anxiety. And this is what this study is picking mm. up on, is this um, kind of anxiety that spreads throughout the black community, whether or not you directly witnessed that death. We know that there's a sense of almost helplessness um, around our ability to protect ourselves and as a mother, our ability to protect our children and our loved ones. Latifah, in, in that sense, I, I, I thought as, as she was speaking, as doctor was speaking, you know, uh, I, I preached Eric Gardner's funeral, chokehold victim yes. of police in New York. I preached Michael Brown's funeral. I mean, on and on in the last couple of years. This year, uh, the funeral in in uh, Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And it always gets me when I see all these young people looking at us like we're helpless. We can't do anything. And I don't think people understand not only the grieving family, but the collective grief in the community that we have to minister and analyze to is overwhelming. No, absolutely, Reverend. You touch on what I actually came here to talk about, the study. And f by the way, I'm on the panel with some of my dearest heroes. Um, so hello, Ebony and uh, Melina. Thank you all for being uh, in community with They're us today. They're my heroes, too, by the way. But they are ahead. incredible. Um, what the study tells us is what we already know, that when police killings happen amongst unarmed black folks in community, what the study tells us is that this is not just an individual issue of a mother grieving or uh, a community grieving, that there are epidemiological impact. And what the study also tells us is that these harms are far-reaching, right, to, akin to diabetes, akin to disease in communities, when you have whole communities not feeling safe at the hands of the state. When you have communities who are struggling every single day to figure out who will protect me, when it's not the state, when the state is actually causing harm. Young men in Oakland, California, believe that they cannot sit at a bus stop, not because they will be shot and killed just by people who look like them. The study lifts up the reality that we fear the folks who are supposed to take care wow. of us. And that causes a public policy response and a movement building response. We must change the culture of what law enforcement and safety looks like. And thank God this is the first time that academia has come together with a, a population-based study of merit. Uh, and and I encourage everyone to read the story in The Lancet. This report I, I is extremely encourage people to do what you said, read it in Atlantic. Debbie, how do we Okay, so the Atlantic.com has an article. I wasn't able to find it, but uh, they're talking about the study. Um, the the um, Atlanta has the article that came out June 22nd. Police killings are damaging the mental health in black communities. We'll go to Queen Thais in just a second. Hold tight, Queen Thais. Police killings are damaging the mental health in black communities, study finds. And I think they're talking about the same study as well. Uh, a recent report published in a leading British medical journey has conf a journal has confirmed 
uh, concerns long held by racial justice activists, police killings of African-Americans has uh, damaging effects on the mental well-being of black communities. The study published in The Lancet, L-A-N-C-E-T, I think that's what they were talking about instead of The Atlantic. They may have an article, but it, the study was published in The Lancet, L-A-N-C-E-T, this week found that when, you, uh, when police officers in the U.S. shoot and kill unarmed African-Americans, it has a negative impact on the mental state of African-Americans in those uh, states. Researchers poured over uh, mental health uh, survey data and a database on uh, police shootings to uh, solidify their findings, uh, which they describe as observable and real. Also, now this also deals with leveraging your dollars. This, this all comes out of policy. This all comes out of public policy. This also deals with leveraging your dollars to enforce your public enforce public policy. This deals with criminal justice reform. This deals with holding police accountable, et cetera, right? Um, uh, read this article also from AtlantaBlackStar.com from two years ago, September 22nd, 2016. Frequent exposure to shootings of black people can cause PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, like trauma, research says. Frequent exposure to shootings of black people can cause PTSD, like trauma research says. And I also say PTSD stands for President Trump Stress Disorder as well. President Trump Stress Disorder also, okay? Uh, so, so check that out. And then study epigenetics. Um, there was an article, let's see here, which one is this? Uh, there was an article from AtlantaBlackStar.com that deals with uh, epigenetics and... Uh, uh, there was one from uh, scientificamerican.com. Descendants of Holocaust survivors have altered stress hormones. Descendants of Holocaust survivors have altered stress hormones. So this deals with how exposure to trauma can alter the FKBP5 uh, gene of your DNA, cause elevated stress hormonal levels, and you pass on altered DNA to your offspring. Okay, so Dr. Rachel Yehuda has done experiments with Holocaust survivors, and then um, it was AtlantaBlackStar.com. They asked the question, well, what type of impact does this have to do with uh, African Americans who are descendants of, of slavery? Okay, who and we saw traumatic, uh, we saw uh, traumatic things take place, or they were taking place. Uh, they happened directly to us, or we watched traumatic things ha happen generation after generation. And then also you have police killings as well, and the trauma from that. Okay, so what happens to our DNA? And are we passing on altered DNA to our offspring? There's a whole field of study called epigenetics, E-P-I-G-E-N-E-T-I-C-S, okay? And that's what this deals with. So when you deal with crafting policies, we have to go in and we have to go in with facts and evidence to change existing policies. We can't go on with feelings and emotions. We have to go in with facts and evidence. Also, lastly, uh, check out this article from June 5th, 2016, com. post-traumatic slave syndrome and intergenerational trauma. Slavery is a curse passing through the DNA of black people. Post-traumatic slave syndrome that Dr. Joy DeGruy talks about in her book, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, and intergenerational trauma. Slavery is a curse passing through the DNA of black people. This is uh, June 5th, 2016 by David A. Love and uh, uh, they, in, the, uh, in the article they interviewed Dr., uh, Dr. Monica Williams, Ph.D., director of the Center for Mental Health Disparities at the University of Louisville. Okay, so on the line we have um, Queen Thais, uh, co-founder of the uh, Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo that takes place the third weekend uh, in July in Atlanta. I'm there each year. So uh, welcome to the African History Network show on 9, 10 a.m. Uh, Queen Thais, how you doing, sister? I'm doing awesome, awesome. All right, good. It's amazing introspection on what's being shared right now. 
Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, it's coming up on that time of the year again, uh, June 13th, Friday, June 13th through uh, Sunday, June 15th uh, in Atlanta. Yeah. Piedmont Technical Center is the Liberated Minds Black Homeschool and Education Expo. So let people know briefly what exactly is this expo and, and why is it so important? Well, you know, it really is an opportunity of empowerment for parents, for educators, for just those in the community who really want to make a difference in our children. And the whole focus of it is really dealing with classification of our indoctrination as we are so many of us are looking towards homeschooling and just being more involved in the education of our children yep. and changing the whole paradigm of what that looks like. Okay, back up for and a minute. So you dropped out for mm-hmm. a second before education. You said indoctrination is something that there was a word that we missed. Indoctrination of, excuse me, detoxification of our own indoctrination. Detoxification so, of our own indoctrination. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. And so what I'm finding is that you know, many of us are deciding to homeschool and many of us are really getting serious and, and really overseeing the seriousness of what that looks like in, as far as the education of our children and our communities and ready to take a lead role for this and, and understanding that the public school system is not going to educate our children to solve the problems of our community. Right. So that's really what the expo is about. It's about training. You know, a lot of times we have vision. You know, as African people, we have powerful vision of what we want to see come into fruition. Okay. but may not always have the necessary steps. And so the workshops are it's a full weekend of workshops on how to educate specifically our, our African children or our black children within our community because we deal with a whole set of issues that, um, that are very different from a Eurocentric standpoint. Right. And and this deals with educating children basically from an African-centered perspective as well. So it's not just uh, educating African-American children. It's not just homeschooling African-American, African-American children, but it's from an African-centered perspective as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, because I look at it like, you know, speaking people, speaking to different people, we have to start with where we are. Sure. So the reality is many of us are in the public school systems. We are. Right you know, in certain private schools that may not be African-centered. And then even within the African-centered programs that exist and the school, schools that exist as well, we still have to have our own individual agenda and plan, just like they have the curriculums within the school system. What is it that's important to you for your, to learn, you know, for your child to learn throughout the school year, just throughout life? You know, so not many of us create that plan. We say, well, we want our children to be successful. Right. So we have to really start to dissect and break down what does success mean to us. And it is it an African worldview reflection of what success really is before we can begin on a journey of planning that success. Right. Uh, so you, you said that uh, um, educating African-American children, I think you said is different than educating other people's children. Or you talked about uh, it was something like that. What did you say? Yes, it is very different than a Eurocentric standpoint of education. Okay. Um, you know, when Give I say examples. that, yes, Eurocentric education is designed to empower um, to empower them, not us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, either you're going to be on the top or the bottom. You're going to be in subjugation or you're gonna, we're going to rise up to our rightful place position. Okay. So my thing is... Um, when we when we deal with our education, it has to be an African education, meaning that it's holistic. We're not solely just dealing with academics. We're dealing with a lot of our tools and our rituals and things that we've done over thousands of years that have given us strength and power to remain tight as family, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the foundation of the education of our children should be the family structure, the socialization, the spirituality as the foundation, economics. All of these various things have to go, you know, 
all have to go complementary, I should say, in the right. educational process. It has to work together. Right. So a lot of people, what I find, just focus on academics. But, you know, as always, it's focusing on character development as well, you know, character building, having certain ethics, work ethics, morals, values. You know, all of these things are critical if we're, if we're going to talk about really resurrecting the African nation, who we are, and instilling that Absolutely. in our children. So, so you teach to the whole child as you're supposed to academically. We teach to the whole child. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. And then the healing, too. I mean, right. I want to put that piece in there because that's huge. Because a lot of our children, like, you, like was said earlier, are inheriting the intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. and drama, a little bit of both. You right. know, and we have to find ways that um, or implement ways we have many ways but we have to learn more of our way and use those tools to assist our children in that healing process so that way they're not passing forward the same pathology that we're dealing with right exactly exactly so it's coming up friday july 13th through sunday july 15th in atlanta at the georgia piedmont technical uh college this is the uh, seventh annual liberated minds black homeschool and education expo visit their website liberatedmindsexpo.com liberatedmindsexpo.com. So you have workshops taking place. You have uh, people who are experts in homeschooling, especially, specifically homeschooling African-American children, okay? Uh, this is taking yeah. place. There'll be vendors. Yeah. Uh, the African History Network will be there. I'll be a vendor, uh, and uh, I am uh, presenting on Sunday uh, as well. Yes, and, um, yes. And Sunday is our Black Economic Summit. Yeah, you talk know, about, so talk that about is, that for a minute because we only got a couple of minutes left. That, mm-hmm. Okay, well, that is a very important, powerful piece to to the conference because when we talk about educating our own and we talk about self-sufficiency, of course, economics is a huge piece to that. Right. So um, what we recognize is that it, it really was worth giving it that extra time to help us cultivate our own businesses of entrepreneurship, to right. help us um, understand the context of which we're functioning in and bringing that all together to empower us, to share information, to network. And as you know, like you said, your vending have about 100 vendors over the whole weekend that wow. have products, curriculum materials, right. black books, everything that is a reflection of what we need in our community and yourself with all the DVDs. Yes. I mean, where are you going to go and be able to, you know, purchase that type of thing online or other places? Right. It's us. It has to come from us. Exactly. And so, so you can come here, you can get materials for homeschooling. And even if your child goes to a traditional school and is going to continue to go to a traditional school, you can do some homeschooling at home in the evenings, on the weekend. Yes. You can get books, yes. you can get DVDs, you can get curriculums. You can come and learn from the experts, okay, to also supplement the education that your children are getting at a, at a traditional school. We, I, you know, I, I understand that all African-American children, uh, parents, are not going to be able to homeschool, basically. But the things right. that you can right. do to supplement what they're being taught in school or not being taught in school as well. Okay. Um, so, uh, okay. Give people the, uh, information, uh, once again, so they can get into contact with you. Okay. Well, the website again is www.liberatedminds with the S liberated minds, mm-hmm. The email is liberated minds, education at yahoo.com. And the phone number is six, seven, eight, three, six, eight, eight, five, nine, three. If you're just interested in getting more information or just, getting on the email list to join the network yes. um, if, I, if you have any questions that you need for the conference uh, as well. We, we also have a host of workshops for children ages 4 to 10 and 11 okay. to 17. 
as well. So I want to add that in there. So Good. Really so there'll be workshops for children also, so you can bring the whole family, uh, 678-368-8593. And uh, at the website, they have the cost of admission uh, as well there uh, also, okay? But it's a, it's yes. a nominal cost. It's, it's well worth it. This would be my, I think my fifth or sixth, I think my sixth year there, because yes. this is the seventh one, so this is my sixth year there. Yes. Absolutely. And I'll be presenting on Sunday. So my presentation on Sunday is lessons. It'll be on lessons from the film Black Panther, economic guerrilla warfare, political self-defense and how to Wakanda the vote. OK, so you don't want to miss that uh, on Sunday. OK, we're going to try to have you back next Sunday uh, also, sister, because that's the last uh, weekend before uh, the uh, conference. All right. OK. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate you having me on. OK, I'll talk to you soon. Peace. All right. Okay. So that was Queen Thais of the Liberated Minds Black Homeschooling Education Expo. Visit liberatedmindsexpo.com, liberatedmindsexpo.com. All right. Uh, check out the, uh, we, we didn't have time to get into um, Juneteenth. Uh, uh, go to um, uh, Michael M. Hotep on YouTube and uh, go to uh, the African History Network on Facebook. Uh, I've dealt with some of the history of Juneteenth. We ran out of time here. But um, we, we know that um, the 4th of July is coming up this Wednesday, right? Those in Detroit, I encourage you to come out to Eliza Howell uh, Park, H-O-W-E-L-L, Eliza Howell Park, for the 18th Annual African Unity uh, Day, okay, 18th Annual African Unity Celebration that Dr. Ola uh, talked about. And um, when we uh, we know that uh, the 4th of July or 4th of July is Dr. Shaka Musa Barashango called it, it's not our Independence Day. And Juneteenth is not our Independence Day either. It's Emancipation Day. And Juneteenth commemorates when uh, General, uh, uh, Major General Gordon Granger um, delivered Order Number 3 in Galveston, Texas, June 19, 1865. Okay? And uh, there were about 250,000 enslaved Africans in Texas. And we know that you had slave owners because of the Civil War who took their slaves into Texas. Texas was really removed from the Civil War. There were not a lot of Civil War battles um, uh, fought there in Texas. And then when we look at why that was not our independence, because uh, we were not awarded land largely after the Civil War ended. Uh, people talk about 40 acres and a mule. Now, that uh, general order was general, general order number 15 or special field order number 15 issued January 16, 1865. Okay, by General William T. Sherman. And this gave uh, 40,000 former slaves 400,000 acres of land, but only in the coastal areas of Georgia and South Carolina. But most of this land is going to be taken back from uh, taken back by President Andrew Johnson. All right. Read 40 acres and a mule, 40 acres and a mule. Read that article at blackpass.org, blackpass.org. Look at the uh, broadcast I've done and the videos I've put out dealing with Juneteenth. And I'll have a special one. Uh, at uh, the celebration on Wednesday, July 4th, uh, at Eliza Howell Park that uh, I haven't put out yet. Uh, this goes deep into the history of Juneteenth and deals with 40 acres and the mule and all this as well, okay? All right, so look, we got to get out of here and make way for Pastor Mo. Hey, we have a 48-hour sale going on at uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the uh, six-DVD Black Panther bundle pack on sale. You get uh, three of my presentations dealing with the film Black Panther and uh, three of my other presentations is on sale, $45, regularly uh, $75, okay? That helps support the African History Network, helps us keep broadcasting, stay on the air, pay the bills. Also, if you want to donate to the African History Network, you can donate at paypal.me, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show if you like this type of information. Okay, that helps us as well, pay, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Also helps me to travel to events like this uh, in, in Atlanta, okay, because I got to pay my own way as well. Um, 
so and you can go to africanhistorynetwork.com also click on the yellow uh, PayPal donation button there as well. Hey, remember at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring uh, people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it corrects wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. Remember, right now it corrects wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. Wakanda forever. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.